much love. Pink like the inside of your baby. It's episode 14, season three of Private <laughs> Love. We back. We back. And it's Prime Week. So excited. Also because, I mean, because I'm queer, but also June is Gemini season and my birthday. So, mm-hmm. and like truly the start of summer in Canada. So just big feelings about all of our episodes this month. So excited. How are you, my, Renee? You know, my favorite is when your birthday is on a Friday because then we get to go like bring Halloween to like the summer and I'm really here for it. Oh my God. Every year my birthday has fallen on a Friday the 13th. It has been lit. Like so much fun. Like routinely we'll have a Halloween party. I love it so much. Everyone else thinks Friday the 13th are bad vibes and I, they've always proven to be good to me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm excited for your birthday. I got you a really nice card. Oh, um, thank you. By the way, I got your little package um, <laughs> with this. The, what it, was it like? Um, Desperately what, seeking post- serotonin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, because I was like, "What's the movie called?" Because it's it's oh, Desperately, Desperately Seeking. Seek- yeah, <laughs> but it's a replacement serotonin. But the, my favorite thing about it, Julie, is that it's literally just a poster of me beside myself. <laughs> Like I got it and Elliot, my daughter was, she opened it with me and she's like, who drew this picture of you? I was like, I was like, yeah, no, you can thank your auntie for that. Um, So thank you for sending me such a beautiful uh, rendition of myself next to myself. I too am always desperately seeking serotonin. So thank you. Like, did you see it? You must've seen it before you bought it. Seen? Oh, absolutely. So what happened yeah. is it's from a website called Feminist Trash, which I highly recommend folks check out. Big fans. And I was going there looking for the shirt that says mediocre white men should be the token diversity hire. And I was like, <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> and then when I got to the website, I'm like, oh, they have prints. And first I found a print that I bought, which says women who, um, how does it go? A women who mother their boyfriends never have sex because moms don't fuck their sons. (laughs) 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 And I love that a lot. So anyway, so I ended up buying a bunch of stuff, but then I saw that print and I was just like, no one else will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. but Renee Cabana Marshall so then oh, I turned yeah. it into like a goodie and I put a bunch of other stuff in there but it was the print itself I was like who else is gonna get a Desperately Seeking Susan reference yeah the 80s like explosion that is the vibe of the artwork and also that I think um I don't know if it was the whole week but the day in particular that I ordered everything they were giving a chunk of all of their proceeds to organizations that support Palestine Nice. So it was win, win, win all around. Awesome. Well, I love it. It's a it's a weird dimension, but I will find a frame for it and I will hang it up in my office slash dining room slash playroom. Um, it's going on the wall. I love it. I'm so yeah. glad. And yeah, it is a very bizarre size print. So I'm waiting also because I'm going to have to physically go in person to get it framed and find a frame that fits it. But I'm so glad it arrived. It's nice to get little something something in the mail. I know. Thank you so much. It was just like so sweet to 
to get something in the mail. So thank you for thinking of me. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah. I need to talk about my favorite thing about Pride Month, but real oh, quick. Oh, please do. Um, You know, so I mentioned on Instagram last week that, you know, I never felt represented um, by the queer community until the Babadook became a queer icon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I, I bring it up every year because it's my my favorite thing. I, you know, I look like the Babadook. I I am dramatic like the Babadook. Like, were it up to me, I would write a book about myself like the Babadook <laughs> and just like haunt some some woman with postpartum depression. <laughs> JK, that's me. But I digress. Um, I love the Babadook. And so I went um, on this like deep dive. Like, how did how did the Babadook even become a gay icon? Yeah. And it's be- yeah, it's because um, so Jennifer Kent is the director of the Babadook, and she's already making a lot of like, you know, women women focused, uh, you know, films. And um, I mean, have you seen the Babadook? No, because I'm afraid of my own shadow. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it's kind of scary, and it it features probably the worst child. Like, I don't blame this mother for wanting to kill her like severely traumatized autistic child because he's the fucking worst like i get it she overcomes it she does but she's dealing with a lot of grief and the babadook is a manifestation of her grief and um how that is also coupled with some sort of like later in life postpartum depression that really makes her um really hate her child and uh, it kind of possesses her and I, i love it it's fantastic in the end she does beat the babadook and the babadook is is then trapped in her basement for the rest of time just as a reminder that you know these feelings grief doesn't go away but it does it does change right you can master it so lovely film really beautiful story um but in when it came out um and it was put on netflix it showed up under the queer film category and people were like well yeah like yeah like obsessed with hats you know lives adjacent to a single mom like (laughs) gay icon but then further to that i found out that people were and this i guess is like a gen z term shipping baba duke with pennywise the clown shipping just means like i don't know what that meant but it means like they've put them together as like a gay couple yeah. yeah and if you think about did you watch any of the it movies i did because okay. i yes i did yes they're very scary scarier than Baba Duke for but sure i don't think they're scarier than Baba Duke at all because as you know my mother was a professional clown when i was growing up so i have zero phobia around clowns zero because i'm just like ugh, it's someone's mom and makeup like it's not a thing so it's like the one horror movie trope that doesn't fuck me up because I'm like, eh, whatever. It doesn't scare me. Uh, so I've seen it like the old miniseries, the yeah. new ones. doesn't freak me out at all. Not at all. Was your mom a professional spider demon? Like, what do you mean? Like, how- <laughs> I just mean, that I think like we're, you know, elder millennials and they're kind of elder millennials, Gen X crew. We got really scarred, some of us, in the 80s when the Stephen King book got made into a movie and that miniseries scared the shit out of every young person. But it just didn't bother me because I don't know. I just like I know people that are deathly afraid of clowns and I truly I just like I can't find clowns scary. I find it like amusing. And yeah, I don't I like nothing about clowns freaks me out. Uh, I I totally see why the movies freak other people out. And I mean, Tim Curry is terrifying and whatever his name is in the new one also does an amazing job. 
but I just genuinely, I don't know. Like I went to suck the soleil and I was like, wee clowns. Like it just don't freak me out. <laughs> you know, even clown- creepy, like the tears of a clown and shit. No, doesn't, doesn't bug me at all. Clowns don't bother me, but Pennywise the clown is the manifestation of fear, Julie. Like, I know. He eats I know. children. Oh, I know. And like, I think it's really well done like i think the visual of like the balloon and the music like Mm. i think i get it i totally get it but i just it just doesn't like it just doesn't register for me i'm just like oh okay whatever this is like yeah jump scares will scare the shit out of me so the only thing Mm. about those movies that ever freaked me out was like jump when there's like a jump scare but i could stare pennywise in the face and eat cheerios and not even be faced by Babadook, I'm like, damn, it's too dark. Even, oh yeah, it's just too dark for me. Oof. I mean, it's literally filmed in a dark way, so I, I don't blame you. But you know, the, the one from the 80s never bothered me because, like, Tim Curry was, like, my sexual awakening. Oh, because, because of a legend. Horror? No, legend, Ooh. because he's, like, the fucking sexy Satan cartoon. But him and Rocky Horror is the reason I'm queer. So, oh, oh my yeah. God, such a beautiful journey that you've taken Thank with you. Tim Curry. Thank you. Wow. Um, but I just want to come back to Babadook real fast for a second. So they've, Please do. the internet has put Babadook and Pennywise together as a power couple and queer icon couple. So I, this week, really wanted to find fanfic of that. And I'm going to tell you, Julie, I read every single piece of fanfic on Wattpad featuring the Babadook and Pennywise. And none of them were finished. <gasps> um yeah, some of them were really lovely. None of them were finished, and I was pissed as hell. And only one, which was like a joke, had a really f- weird sex scene in it. Um, and I'm really disappointed. I didn't end up getting to read one for this week, but I want you to know how hard I tried because it was important to me to not only represent that queer dynamic, but also, you know, in a way, represent myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's what Thank I you. that's that's what I did. Um I'm just gonna try and like pull it up here on Wattpad so I can just read you the like it's like a paragraph of, of a sex scene. Um but while I while I do that, um just because it's I'm having a hard time pulling it up here. Um why don't you just tell me something cool? How's how's your week going? Um well it's been it's been a lot. I have been doing many, many, many workshops, many workshops a day. For folks mm-hmm. who don't know, I am a public educator, so I train people on how to respond to and prevent gender-based violence, largely men's violence against women. And overall, the feedback has been great, but it's really hard to keep up the high energy when you're teaching online and you can't see people's faces. But also just, you know, it's a grind to spend day in and day out having women be like, yes, 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 feeling so validated by your work. And then men doing like they did in my workshop today, which is spending 90 minutes talking about what to do if you witness violence and still coming to, but what if it's a false accusation? Oh my God. And I'm like, sir, I'm literally referring to what you are witnessing in front of you as a bystander witnessing something happening in the street. I'm not even talking about someone you know. I'm talking a stranger is being followed, harassed, groped, grabbed. And your question is, what if she's lying? I was like, I don't even know what to do with that. So pretty fatigued, but uh, on a happier note, 
I cheered myself up after that workshop by checking my email. And I say that because my friend sent me the announcement that Vans did a collaboration with SpongeBob. And oh my so God. I bought myself some fucking SpongeBob SquarePants high tops for my weightlifting. <laughs> I am so happy for you. You are, you deserve this. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for folks who don't know. Vans are ideal for weightlifting because you need very flat shoes. Mm-hmm. And because I am high femme, but also like to get swole, I got high top vans of Lisa Simpson for president. Yeah. I got Gryffindor ones. And now I have SpongeBob ones where he's literally doing the, you know, the rainbow meme where he's like, the more, you know, he's literally, there's literally a rainbow and SpongeBob and Squidward. And I'm excited. Uh, yeah, so if anyone else like, is a grown-ass adult obsessed with Spongebob, there is a collaboration with Vans. There's like shirts and shoes and hats and they're actually not that expensive and they're soups cute. Aw. Yeah, he's saying imagination. Oh, that's what, what it is. Yeah, when he, yeah. 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 Well, now that's going to be on the side of my shoes. Oh, Pretty another exciting. gay icon on your foot as oh, the feminine you would want to have it. Absolutely. Did you find it? Did <laughs> I you find found your, it. You're smart about Babadook. <laughs> Babadook and Pennywise. So here we go. This was literally a joke. And at the end of this like four page thing that this guy wrote, he does one with um, Babadook. I know Pennywise and Elf on the Shelf and Pennywise and Santa Claus, which maybe I'll save it for Christmas time. But here's this really quick little sex scene that they put together. I'm so excited. Pennywise. Float on my dick, Baba whore. Babadook, ah, Penny, just fuck me already. Rar, Pennywise rips off his little emo cloak and reveals his pale skin. Babadook screeches, Penny, Pennywise tears off his dirty ass clown pants, throws them to the floor, and fucks the Babadook. Pennywise, oh, you're so hot and thick, baby. Babadook, yes, I am, Daddy Wise. Babadook, I love you, Pennywise. Come and live with me in the sewers. Let's be Baba Shook together, Babadook. Gasp, of course, BB passionately kisses Pennywise. Babadook, ew, your breath smells like Georgie. And that was the only sex scene I found between Pennywise and the Babadook on Wattpad. And I was disappointed I didn't find more, truly. But I'm really hoping that some of the people who are writing really good fanfic about them finish up what they were writing because I want to come back to it. Oh, I mean, that would be a perfect Halloween collaboration. I literally wrote down the words dirty ass clown pants because they were so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's lovely. Anyway, um, I want everybody to just remember that mashup for Pride Month. Now, absolutely. We've been talking about 15 minutes here, girl. Let's get into it. (laughs) Okay, so reminder to folks, this week we agreed we were going to read stories that were related to Pride, Mm -hmm. but... We weren't going to tell each other what subgenre we chose. So, Renee, whoo, I am so excited to tell you about my book. <clears throat> I'm ready. I read a book that hit all of the Julie Lalonde markers. It's gay. Mm-hmm. It's Amish. And Ooh. it's at Christmas. <laughs> oh, you did it. That's the trifecta. That is the Julie Lalonde trifecta of romance. Gay Amish Christmas. Fuck me up. So first I started with gay Amish because you knew I had to. Then I discovered this author. Her name is Kira Andrews and she has a number of gay romances and a trilogy of gay Amish romance that follows this particular couple. Now, I actually could not find 
a print or ebook copy of that collection. I could only find an audiobook or something on Kindle, which I don't have. So I was like, oh, boo. Then I discovered that she wrote a standalone, what well, kind of separate story about the same characters as her gay Amish trilogy. And I was like, boom. So Kira Andrews wrote for years, trying to find kind of the right fit, her right voice, and then found it in Happily Ever After Gay Romance. I mean, I'm here for it. So this particular book was published in 2016, and it takes place after her trilogy called Away Home, which is about this couple who of two young men who leave their Amish community to be together because homophobia is real in the Amish community. So, and what got, as soon as I searched Google of gay plus Amish, what came up was forbidden rumspringa. And then I found (laughs) so many something, something rumspringa. So because we are now so knowledgeable about Amish culture, uh, that's the period of time in which you get to basically get your gap year where you can kind of figure out your life and explore the what they refer to as the English world. So, okay, I'm going to set the tone. There is David and Isaac, and they are both ex-Amish, fled their community about a year ago, fled with one of their sisters, and they are trying to do their best to live in what they call the English world, which is non-Amish people in the U.S. So, David and Isaac left their community, which I must, I think is pronounced Zebulon. It's Z-E-B-U-L-O-N, uh, which is in Minnesota, and fled to California, where they are in San Francisco, because gays know how to find each other. <laughs> and they are making money as, it's such a brilliant premise of this book. Like, I'm not even being sarcastic. It's so smart. I'm like, okay, so you're two gay Amish dudes. Where are you going to go? Oh, the place where you're told all the gay people are. And then, oh, how are you going to make your money? Making furniture for fucking hipsters who will nice. pay a premium for some home, like hand carved wooden tables and chairs and bed frames and shit. Brills. So that's what they're doing. They're taking their skills because as most people know, the Amish make incredible furniture mm-hmm. uh, and it's like the most well-made stuff you'll ever see. So they're trying to make ends meet trying to get integrated into the English culture, feeling still pretty alienated, but they've created a community. There's the two of them and their sister. They're renting an apartment in the basement of this house with this lovely couple that's like helping them. And they really want a house though. They really want a house of their own and they want a house with a garage so they can work at home, save some money and just build this life together. But they can't afford the pretty house that they went to look at. Even to rent it, they can't afford it. All they could afford is one of the basement apartments. And they're like, well, why move from one basement apartment to another one? Let's just keep saving up money until we can afford to. And they just really want a life together in the English world. So there's like cute little moments where they don't understand certain things about the English world. Uh, One of them is like Santa Claus. They had to be explained what Santa Claus was and like all these cute little things. Yeah, it was so cute. So they are living their lives in the short, like, it's not a very long story. It's about 50 pages or so. So basically they want this house. They can't afford it. They go back to their basement apartment. They are building this community. They're getting excited for Christmas. Then Christmas Eve comes and one of uh, his sister is like, hey, do you want to help me buy some presents? I know we said we wouldn't buy presents for anyone, but... I just feel really grateful to this couple that's like really taken us in and really helped us. So can you help me buy uh, them some Christmas presents? So they go to the mall, 
There's an incident at the mall that I'm going to read to you because it's very funny. They take a picture on Santa's knee because they're so excited that there's a real Santa Claus at the mall. <laughs> and they make a wish for a house. And it's this very sweet moment. Then they come back. Uh, it's Christmas Day. And one of them... Oh, so, uh, oh gosh, it's so funny. So David surprises... Okay, no, it's very... Isaac surprises David with keys to the house for them to rent because he went back to the landlord and said, we really want this house, but we can't afford it. So can we help you repair it and repair your other properties in return for cheaper rent? And she was like, okay, great. So his big surprise to David was we're going to rent this house. And I negotiated the rent and he was like, oh my God, we said no presents. And he's like, I know. Then he's like, well, I got a present for you too. And then David surprises Isaac with their dream bed, which Aww. leads me to the bigger sort of subplot or like the sexy part of this book, which is they have this dream of having a house together, but they have a dream of building a big old bed with four posters so they can tie each other up. And they're like, oh, this is so naughty. Uh, and like one of their friends from the English world told them about kink and they were like, oh, and like scandalized. But also like, I don't know, I kind of like the idea of tying someone up. So then it ends with them going to the house, walking around the house and fucking under a mistletoe because they were told that mistletoes mean you have to kiss. And they were like, well, if it means that it has to kiss, it should also be that we blow each other under the mistletoe. <laughs> And that's how it ends. So it ends that they're renting this house together. They have their big four poster bed and they're going to live happily ever after. One can only assume. So extremely delightful. The writing was very strong. The characters were, I mean, I, did, I hadn't read the trilogy, so I don't know, but even for someone who kind of jumped in sight unseen, very well developed, which was great. The dialogue wasn't weird. Renee, this was so consensual and Aww. so hot. it was so lovely so they had this part like where they were fucking and then he was like holding his arms over his head and then he was like yeah you know i think i'd like to have this bed and they're like talking about it and their way of negotiating consent is saying like i wish so it'd be like i wish that you would do this to me and then the person is like oh well your wish is granted and like does it and that's how they communicate <laughs> consent which is so cute and there's explicit conversation about how they've never slept with anyone before so they like raw dog each other and it's fine um, and how like they want they're into being tied up, but they don't want to hit each other because that doesn't seem right to them. And I guess you don't get circumcised in Amish cultures. There's a lot of discussion of foreskin. So I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's like fucking multiple times. It's very consensual, very hot. Uh, so I'm definitely giving it a five out of five spiced ginger snaps because Ooh. it was spicy but also sweet and like very similar, frankly, to like Chuck Tingle books where it's like, you think it's just going to be this like romp, but it's actually like very mm -hmm. hot, but still super consensual. And people are actually, it's like realistic too. Like, it's not just like, I don't know. Sometimes when straight people, I don't know if this woman is queer or not, but like when straight mm -hmm. people write queer porn, it's always just like, then he just rammed it in his ass. And you're like, you literally can't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I very recommend a Very English Christmas by Kira Andrews. It was Aww. delightful. And I can't wait to read you my little funny reenactment about two nerds trying to cruise each other at the mall. Uh, <laughs> tell me what you read, Renee. Okay. Well, 
in addition to all of the Babadook um, fanfic I, re- I read, um, <laughs> I went on like a hunt. I needed to find something good. And I bet that everybody thinks that I got like a monster book or an alien book. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know what the people think I like. But I chose this book solely on the cover um, because I was thirsty for the cartoon character on the cover. So I read a book called Butch Fatale Dyke Dick Double D Double Cross. And it's about a private eye. And it was written by Krista Faust. And Krista Faust, um, I was just checking like two different things about her. She was a professional dominatrix, which I think is lovely. Um, yes. She... Um, <clears throat> she uh, loves pulp novels, just like us. Um, she's written quite a few different novels between 1998 and 2012, including one with Poppy Z. Bright. And if you don't know who Poppy Z. Bright is, like that's a whole other episode, but it's dark. Um, and then she's known for writing novelizations of uh, movies. So she actually won an award for her novelization of Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> what? Yeah, she wrote A Nightmare on Elm Street. She wrote a bunch for the Fringe TV show and Supernatural and Batman and stuff. Uh, a Friday the 13th book. And that's how she's well known. And actually, um, not that I love him or anything, but Quentin Tarantino actually is a big fan of the book that I read today. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, she, you know, that's kind of what she's about. So uh, before I start, my book had a million characters. So I'm just going to blow through it um, without giving too much detail because I really want people to read it because it was awesome. It was an awesome read. I got it on Kindle. I paid for it um, just because on the cover is like, this sexy butch woman cartoon but i was just like mm, like that's what i'm about and that's literally the only thing on the cover but i was like that's enough for me so <laughs> so my book immediately opens with a sex scene so roberta butch fatale is a private investigator and um a woman from her past walks into the office her name is diversity um, that's how she knew her when she dated her. But back then, Diversity had just like come out of university and she was like a granola hippie, uh, like feminist lesbian. And um, now she's not. Now she's part of like a burlesque troupe and she's hot as hell and she's just there to pound. And as they're pounding, um, there's a knock at the door and Butch is like, give me a second because she's just about to get off. But it's who she calls her Femme Friday. So her assistant, Penny. And Penny's like, hey, there's um, there's a client here. And Butch is like, just give me a minute, like just five minutes. And they're like, she's like, it's a paying client. And so she's like, shit, I got to I got to take care of this. So she she ushers uh, destiny or diversity out and um, meets a client named Mickey Hernandez. Mickey Hernandez is another butch, more butch than butch. And Mickey is looking for a PI to help her find her missing girlfriend. And we find out that her missing girlfriend, Angie, um, used to be a sex worker. She used to have a drug habit. Um, they met in AA. So she like, she's been clean. She doesn't need to work. She doesn't, you know, she's well taken care of. Um, but Mickey is really worried that, um, you know, she's, out there again like something has happened that she's felt like she has to resort to doing sex work or going on drugs or something um but she knows like something's the matter because like we worked really hard to build this life for ourselves and she would not have gone back to this if something like if everything was okay so 
Um, she shows Butch a picture and Butch is like, oh my God, she has the biggest tits ever. And uh, we learn reading the story that Butch loves titties. She's all about the, them titties. So she's like, okay, you know what? I'll, I guess I'll take this job. But you know, she's like, she was really worried that maybe it was like this woman left for a good reason. Like maybe there were problems at home and stuff. Um, but then Mickey's like, I will pay you three days in advance, double your rate. And she's like, I gotta take it. I gotta take it. So first thing she does is she calls her friend, um, shit. I don't know. Her, her friend's a cop is a cop because it turns out that butch actually used to be a cop and so her friend um is kind of her in still like getting information about people um but they're also fuck buddies so she goes to meet her friend uh yeah brink bannon and brink is another old butch and uh they just like fuck they just they go on a side road to fuck before they get into the business part of it um they make a point to be like pleasure before business and then butch fists her and i thought that was so lovely because it was the first time i read fisting um in in romance for us so i wrote i wrote like gets fisted happy face um <laughs> so she um asks her to look up kind of like um maybe any other sex workers that had been picked up in you know um angie's old stomping ground um and she gets some names and then she goes to visit this woman and her name's Jennifer and Jennifer's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. And then she ends up giving her some information about this modeling ag agency called Vivian Lane and the Vivi Vivian Lane modeling agency. And the Vivi Vivian Lane modeling agency is actually just like a front for an escort service. Um, but in order to get access to Vivian Lane, you need to have a referral. So she calls a former client who is like the son of this famous actress. And uh, I guess she had like he had paid for Butch's services a few years ago, finding somebody else or taking care of somebody. And she's like, look, I need you to give me a, a referral here because I know you, you go there. And he's like, yeah, I do. OK, I'll give you a referral. So she gets a referral. She gets in and she comes up to the desk and there's like this like really foxy receptionist but she's like stone cold like she does not have the time for anybody um she's real gatekeepy and then um but butch is like i'm gonna fuck her and um you know she she knows that this receptionist is kind of into her like she she knows it um so she meets with vivian lane who runs the agency and she's able to kind of give enough information that she's able to get um a profile on Angie, who is working for them again, but um, she's going under the name of Tamara and she's new. Um, and so she she's like, oh, well, she's actually not available yet. We couldn't get her by phone, but like, you know, you can come back in a few days and we'll we'll set you up. And she's like, OK, so she goes out to the reception and she's like, hey, so I'm going to go see Tamara. Can you just confirm for me what like corner she's at? And so she kind of tricks the receptionist into giving her this information. And she heads over to the apartment and there's cops everywhere. And she's like, oh shit, oh shit, what's going on? So she um, goes and talks to like a former colleague and finds out that a woman died in the building. And it turns out it was Angie who died of an overdose. And they know that it was heroin because they found a needle hanging out of her left arm. And she's like, oh fuck, this sucks. 
Um, and so she ends up having to go to Mickey and explain to Mickey, like, this is what happened. I'm really sorry. But because Angie has been really like ostracized by her family because they're big homophobes and they're Armenian. So like, not about that. Um, Mickey asks if, if Butch can pull some strings to find a way to like get into the morgue to see her before she, she passes or like before she gets buried. Cause she won't be invited to the funeral. So she, um, they get to go and they get in there and then Mickey's like, look, she wouldn't have died from heroin. She didn't, she never did heroin. She only did crystal meth. Like this doesn't seem right. Can you please just like find out what happened? Like find out what led her back into sex work. And this is when things go off the deep end. So um, at this point, like she ends up back at the at the modeling agency and she fucks the receptionist and then the receptionist gives her a list of like the clients that angie had leading up to her death and she notices that there's um a name that shows up three times in the week that she died her name's kelly gillette now penny who is her assistant has like done a lot of recon so she finds out that like the mom and dad of Angie have completely kicked her out of the family, but her sister, Vika, or Vika, I don't know, um, she's kind of kept in touch. And we find out from Mickey that, like, Vika shows up when she wants something and she's really nice to Angie then, but then otherwise, um, she's a bitch. But Angie really believes in, like, family and wants to do anything she can to help her sister. Um, so she ends up, Butch gets the list of clients and she decides she's going to go. Just like scout out Kelly Gillette. But we find out Kelly Gillette um, has a history as an ex-Marine and had like severe PTSD. And so she had to go to treatment for like a few years and stuff. But now um, it would appear that she's a chauffeur, but she's living in like this beautiful condo. And she only reported like a little bit of income. So she's like, oh, something's something's weird. So turns out that Kelly's actually like a hitman. And she's been hired by somebody, but Butch has to pretend that like, um, she's just like hitting on her and stuff, but then they actually make like this really good connection and they're into each other. Um, but Butch decides she's not going to sleep with her because she feels like she's just too vulnerable and she doesn't want to take advantage of her. And I was like, yeah, girl, you got it. So she leaves and it turns out that like, um, Kelly um kelly and butch actually have a lot in common because penny did all that recon and they actually have like a really similar upbringing so that's part of the reason that butch got even more connected but like she finds out that like actually kelly's dad was a boxer and so was her dad and like he actually won a match against him and we find out that like she's allergic to cats and she's kind of left her family behind blah 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 all that stuff so then penny calls and she's like hey we got a call from vika you need to go see her and she's like, oh, OK. So then it, there's this whole other story about how, like, Vika ha has to give money to these Arme Armenian gangsters because somebody is blackmailing her. And so she had gone to her sister to say, hey, I need $20,000 to get this tape back where it shows that I'm hiding from um, my boyfriend, who's the son of an Armenian mob boss getting murdered. And you're like, what the fuck? OK. So she hires Butch to come with her to do the cash drop off. And to like collect this tape. And as that happens, like this, like the Armenian dad shows up and he like tries to kill them. So then Butch has to like take um, Vika to her house. And then when she wakes up the next day, she's running away. So she decides to like tail her. 
and she ends up at this mall and it turns out that Vika is meeting somebody to swap a different video cassette. Um, and that person ends up being Kelly. So Kelly was actually working for somebody really important. Um, and so there's like this whole flight scene where they're like running away. Vika dies. She gets shot. Um, meanwhile, we find out that Kelly is working for the person who's on the tape. And we find out that the person on the tape is a Republican senator, a woman who is really into like baby stuff. Like she likes to be like a baby. And I've purposely been avoiding romance mm. like that because I'm like, I don't want to read it. Yeah. Um, but there it was. It showed up. So she would go see Angie regularly. And part of what she liked to do was film her experience with Angie as she's a baby from like point of view. But then there was an incident where like she had to run off and they left it running by accident. And so it caught this woman who was a senator who's actually super homophobic and like very much like rallying to keep rights away from gay people um so she, butch finds this all out she she watches this video vika's dead angie's dead she's like i don't even know like what to do at this point but before she can even come up with an inclusion conclusion she's like knocked unconscious in her apartment and she wakes up naked in a stable and who's there holding a gun to her none other than kelly gillette but at this point you can tell that Kelly has feelings for Butch and Butch is like, look, like I get that you're going to kill me. So like, just whatever, like, let's just like, let's not pretend like we didn't have a connection and all that. Then the like Republican Senator lady walks in and she's like, okay, good. So like, we're going to kill her. You have the tape. Cool. All right. And then she shoots Kelly and then she's going to shoot Butch, but Butch who has been like, in this chair, in this stable, naked, tied up, working on, like, getting the knots off, finally is able to get the knots out, grabs a gun, and there's, like, a shootout. But she ends up shooting this, like, canister thing, and then the whole barn goes up in flames, and then this Republican lady runs away. But here's the thing. is like, Butch is naked. Like, she's fully naked. And she's in Malibu. And so then this whole chase scene happens where she's being chased by this republican woman i think her name's like helen on a horse while she's running into like the woods of malibu trying to like escape her um and then she happens across like a like a like a tv set like they're filming a reality show about gladiators and so she um you know she like gets in there she dresses up like a gladiator and then they're gonna do a foot race so she's like on this foot race being filmed and then like her gladiator thing comes undone and her tits fly out. So she's running like naked with her tits out. It's actually very funny and it's not <laughs> at all demeaning to read. Um, but this whole entire chasing is hilarious. So like she has to get over to LA because Malibu is actually not part of LA. So because all of her friends are on the LAPD, she needs to get cross like across that line, that County line so that she would have people in her corner because she's going to get arrested. Right. Um, so she ends up like getting a skateboard from a guy. So she's like skateboarding in like a gladiator skirt with her tits hanging out. And it is hilarious. She has to get 10 miles on a skateboard. Eventually she commandeers an ATV. At one point she says, I had to stay frosty and hang loose. That's the only way she was going to get 10 miles on the skateboard. I loved every second of it. Um, so she ends up getting over that border and then um, they, you know, 
it's all good. And then the way that they're going to like nail this Senator is that um, she ends up going to like this press conference where the Senator's announcing that she's going to retire, but um, she got her assistant Penny to be like the audio visual person instead of this other guy. And then they put up the video behind her as she's talking and then it's like, she's busted. And so you think it's pretty cut and dry, but then Senator Helen fucking pulls out a gun and shoots Butch in the shoulder. Yeah. So Butch ends up in the hospital. She wakes up. She's greeted by Penny and she's like, oh, you know, it's okay. I like, I survived. It's okay. These are the next, this is what's going to happen. So then Penny's like, well, I'm going to let you rest. And then um, all of a sudden Butch hears like a nurse. And she's like, well, it's, it's time for your sponge bath, Miss Fatale. And who is it? But none other than diversity Derringer in a latex nurse's outfit there to get Butch off because the last time they were together, she wasn't able to get Butch off. And it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So a lot happened. That was the best way I could cliff notes it for you. Um, it was a lot of fun. Like it was a really fun book. Very spicy, like sex scenes nonstop. And they were all like consensual and lovely. And, and, you know, really like she kind of had a sex scene of like every kind in the story. So like, she had this one where she was being like a dom and like she like fisted her friend who's a cop. And then the, you know, the incident with um, diversity where it was like she just kind of went down on her. And then there's she's really sad at one point. She goes to visit an old friend who's kind of like very motherly and nurturing. And so she just kind of like takes care of Butch and it's really beautiful. And then yeah, it's just it's just great. It was a great story. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 spicy fish tacos because that's actually the only thing she eats in the story <laughs> yeah really liked it jesus really liked it. yeah i highly recommend it if you like like i love crime stories i love detective stories i love stories where it's like um there's gonna be like a reveal at the end like aha and i didn't expect it and i was like i hope i was like if this story has an aha at the end i'm giving it 10 out of 10 not 5 out of 10 so that's why i got a 10 out of 10 because i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting the baby senator that I surprised me yeah it was great um yeah literally from the first page it's a sex scene and that's what i'm gonna read for you today do it hit us up <clears throat> okay so remember that this woman is a private eye so i'm gonna try and do a private eye okay here we go when the tattoo tomato walked into my shabby Echo Park office, I had no idea if she was going to kiss me or slap me. I was hoping for the former, but better on the latter. Her name was Diversity. Back when we first met, she'd been this wayfish hippie chick fresh out of UC Berkeley, a second-generation granola dyke whose homespun organic hemp exterior hit a, a multi-o dynamo that wouldn't quit. We had three tempestuous months together before it ended badly. Can't say I was surprised. She was the type who got all juicy over the idea of slumming with a rough and tumble blue-collar butch like me, but couldn't stop lecturing me about how I was internalizing patriarchal oppression because I cut my hair like Tony Curtis. <laughs> In the years since we parted ways, I hadn't changed all that much. Diversity, on the other hand, was something else. She'd gone from woman with a Y to all woman and then some. She'd put on 20 curvy pounds, the kind of uh, curves that don't come from tofu and lentils. She was delicately balanced on strappy wedge heels and squeezed into tiny high-waisted denim shorts uh, that, that covered the legal minimum of her sturdy tattooed legs and ass. Hello, butch, she said, slinking towards my, cl my cluttered desk with a calculated switch and sway that wasn't doing my ailing air conditioner any favors. 
diversity, I replied, displaying my natural aptitude for witty repartee. You look, um, wow. It's Diva now, she said, fishing a glossy postcard out of her uh, kisslock purse and setting it on my desk. I'm in town for a few weeks with my burlesque troupe, she continued, and I thought maybe you'd like to come to see the show. I can put you on the guest list. She looked up, she looked up at me, trouble in her eyes. You know, if you're not busy. I'm not busy right now, I said, holding her gaze as I stood up and came around to the front desk. No, she arched her slender, delicately plucked eyebrow. What about? She gestured at all the paperwork on my with uh, at my paperwork with a coy half smile. It can wait, I told her, snaking one arm around her narrow waist and using the other to sweep everything off the surface of the desk. I kissed her, cupping her ample ass in both hands and lifting her up onto my onto my desk. Her clunky shoes thumped to the carpet as she wrapped her legs around my waist and pulled me in closer, giving it back in spades. Her tattooed skin smelled like raw sugar and fresh girl sweat. No more patchouli. I never wanted to stop kissing her. <sighs> but eventually I needed more. <laughs> in breathless seconds, I had her bent over my desk with those tiny shorts around her ankles. I knelt down behind her, hungry but wanting a moment to enjoy the scenery. In that moment, her ass was my whole world. Voluptuous, pear-shaped cheeks that begged to be slapped. The full pink lips peeking out between them begged for something else. I was happy to oblige. I spread her wide and buried my face, <laughs> tongue stretching to tease her fat clit from behind. She let out a gasp that swiftly melted into happy purr as I slid my tongue slowly backwards through her slick folds and over the salty hairless skin that led back to her musky asshole. <laughs> I started working her clit in earnest with my middle finger, then slid my thumb into her pussy, homing in on her G-spot while circling her back door with my tongue. Listening to her body, finding her rhythm, letting muscle memory guide me back in time. Even after all these years, I still remembered what she liked. <laughs> Feeling her build up to that first orgasm was like watching a favorite scene in an old movie. Uh, first, her strong, meaty thighs started to tense up just like they used to. Then she went on the balls of her bare feet while the hidden muscles inside her thickened and tightened around my thumb. Uh, she went from kittenish sighs to deep-throaty grunts and emphatic profanity. I knew from experience that this was far from the end of the show. She was just getting warmed up. As for me, you better believe I was ready to go the distance. In pulp novels, the private dick always keeps a gat in his desk drawer. I keep my iron in a gun safe, a key to my fingerprint, but I do keep an extra strap on in my desk drawer, you know, for emergencies. You pro I pinked up her ass and thighs with a couple healthy slaps and dropped my jeans, got the rig strapped on around my hips, and rolled a condom down the length of the silicone shaft. You probably think that's funny, don't you, using a rubber on a dildo? But experience has taught me that unless you crack open a brand new package right in front of them, most women won't let you use a sex toy raw. They don't even know where it's been, let me tell you. Mine's been around. She looked over her shoulder at the dildo, then up at me with wide eyes and flushed cheeks. What, I asked, don't tell me you still think the dildo is a tool of the evil patriarchal oppressors. A cute little giggle bubbled out of her. Shut up and fuck me, butch. And that was the part of the first chapter of what I read. And it got me hooked immediately. I love it. Thank I you. I love it. Also, I love your private investigator voice. Thank you fuck so much. Fuck me all the way up with that P.I. Well, mine is <laughs> not going to involve accents. Um, it's Okay. So I'm just forewarning you, um, and by that I'm providing relief to our audience that does not want to hear me do another terrible accent. Everybody wants to hear you talk always, Julie. Please continue. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So 
My scene is they are at the mall with their sister and they kind of get split up a little bit. But remember, it's Christmas Eve at the mall. So shit is fucking popping off. And these two tender, soft boys are from Amish community and they're still trying to integrate into the English world, which means they're not used to crowds. So. (sighs) As they fought through a surge of bodies an hour later trying to get out of Macy's, David concentrated on long inhales and exhales. He hadn't had a panic attack in months, but sweat prickled the back of his neck and his heart raced. He didn't know how there could be this many people in San Francisco, this, let alone this many of them crammed inside one mall at a time. Christmas carols filled the air along with the buzzing drone of the crowds, people with desperate, hungry faces striding from store to store. Okay, Isaac murmured, snagging David's hand. Yeah, David blew out a long breath. It's hot in here. He tugged at the collar of his hoodie. I know, Isaac called ahead. Anna, are you almost done? Almost, she grinned. We're getting the full English Christmas experience. We're going to the bathroom, Isaac said, tugging David's hand. We'll meet you by the pretzels down there. Isaac, I'm fine, David protested. But he let Isaac lead him down a hallway and inside an empty and surprisingly clean bathroom. Considering he'd used an outhouse for years, he shouldn't have been picky anyway. Isaac ushered David into a stall and pressed him against the door, kissing him gently. Hey, he whispered. Hey, David exhaled with a smile. I'm okay, Isaac. I'm not going to freak out. It's crowded and noisy, but I'm okay. It's not like when we first came here. I promise. I can handle it. I know. Isaac brushed their lips together again. I needed a break too. Let's just cast our breath for a minute. David nodded gratefully, and for minutes they simply held each other, breathing in and out as other men came and went. David's pulse slowed, and soon he felt fortified and ready to go back out and face them all. But Isaac didn't seem to be in any rush, so what was a few more minutes? He snuck his hands under Isaac's sweater, tracing his fingers along the skin of Isaac's lower back. Shivering, Isaac kissed him again, sliding his tongue between David's lips. The outer door of the bathroom opened, and they kissed as the man went about his business at the urinal. When they were alone again, David chuckled. We shouldn't be doing this. Too many people around. We're not doing anything, Isaac smiled slyly. Although I heard that lots of gay men have sex in bathrooms like this. They call it cruising. I don't know why, but they do. (laughs) David pondered it. So are you cruising with me, Isaac Byler? The stress and tension of the crowd seemed miles away here in their private little corner. Isaac grinned. Maybe I am. You interested, David Lance? He dipped his hands below Isaac's waist, squeezing his round ass. Always. Biting his lip, Isaac said, I guess we shouldn't be in here too long, though. Hmm, guess not. Their eyes were locked and tremors of desire rippled through David. They hadn't had to hide and be quiet for so long, and excitement ran hot in his veins. Apparently, in Isaac's, too. Maybe you should fuck me in here, up against the wall. A little boy's voice rang out, Daddy, I can go myself. I'm a big boy. (laughs) 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 Okay, you can do it yourself, a man said, chuckling. With Isaac rigid against him, David held his breath. He felt the flush all the way to the tips of his ears as he and Isaac stared at each other in horror. They waited for what seemed a terribly long time while the child went to the bathroom and then washed his hands so thoroughly he could have been a doctor on one of those medical shows on TV. When they were finally alone again, they burst out laughing and quickly hurried out of the stall. Uh, we'll finish that later at home, David muttered as he washed his hands. Isaac nodded vigorously, wrinkling his nose. 
cruising isn't all it's cracked up to be. Aww, that's like I can't I can attest to like children needing to use the washroom as a serious mood killer. Um, but that's still it was so cute. <laughs> right? like they just, they're so green. It's adorable. Right? They're just like these like little innocent little bebés from their little Aww. Amish community, and I just loved it so 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 much. So that was a very English Christmas by Kira Andrews. That was me Aww. reading about gay Amish Christmases in the month of June because I do what I want. <laughs> you do what you want. Oh my god. Right? Precious. Yours was like full blown fisting. Mine was like, let's kiss in the bathroom at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was fucking and it was filthy. Like the fucking was filthy, but um, it's just very chaste (laughs) in comparison to yours for sure. Yeah. Mine had fisting. It had cunnilingus. It had strap ons. It had ass eating. It had babies. Yeah, age play is definitely one we have not gone down that path. And I mean, no. I get it. It's uncomfortable. I, I found a lot when I was looking for something this week. And I just, I cannot do it. It's so, like, I, you know what? All y'all do you. Like, yeah, you we do don't you. yuck people's yums here. No. But we do have preferences. <laughs> yes. And it's very uncomfortable for me, specifically as a mother. But um, I cannot wait to post my cover. It, you know, she she writes books with actual pulp covers. Like she puts actual pulp covers on it. And she writ she wrote one um about like a queer luchadora who's like saving the hood. And I really wanted to read it, but it was too long. Yeah. So definitely check her out. But my book has like the most fine butch you will ever see in your life. Mm. Obviously, just like a recreation of everybody's fantasy because she's like a drawing. But um, <laughs> like hold on to your butts, ladies, because mm. Ooh, yeah, love a else. good butch. Love, especially a small town yeah. butch. This is a thing that I have missed about not being in a small town anymore. But when I was on the road with work, I traveled to so many small communities. And ooh, give me a small town butch and I will give you a snail trail. Like I can't. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, High Femme loves a butch. Give me a small town butch. It was like a volleyball star in high school. Like, woo! Get the vapors just thinking about it. So very I excited. Like, I need like a Leah Delaria, like is every day of the week, please. Yeah. Fuck literally yes. like literally who is described in my book is her. Like 100 percent Yeah. What a fucking queen. Well, if you want to see our covers of this week and of the past Hot Mess Expresses that we read every week, you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram and check out those covers. And Renee, tell the people what we are going to be reading next week. Mm, Well, it's Gemini season, Julie. So we are covering twins. Twins! I don't know what that's going to look like. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And going down your path of not wanting to get into age play, I am not interested in all of the (laughs) porn cliches of like hot twins. I find it fucking disturbing. Again, I don't yuck people's yums and it's fantasy. It's not real. But anything even implying incest makes me extremely uncomfortable. Uh, So it's going to be a challenge. I'm hoping to find like a soap opera's like mixed identity kind of a thing maybe like a parent trap situation Uh, i'm looking for something soapy as fuck so we'll see what i find 
Nice. But okay. stick around. We're going to drop some. Uh, next episode is going to be about twins in honor of Gemini season. That's right. And it's your birthday next week. It is. Oh my so, goodness. you know, leave a review. That'd be a great <laughs> little birthday present for me is review us on Goodreads or, you know, on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a review. We'd love it. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could be there with you. Oh, I wish I could be with you and anyone else at this point, because (laughs) in Ontario, we are fully locked down until the 14th. And my birthday is the 13th. So I literally just get fucked by 24 hours. But it's okay. As long as if it's nice out, I can sit outside and like have some friends pop by and do like a curbside hangout. So we'll see. But uh, I'm choosing to be positive and just trying to think this will be my last birthday under lockdown. I hope. <sighs> but uh, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for joining Thank us every week so for much. our silly little shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was such a pleasure. As always, I look forward to this every week. Do you want to sing us out? I sure do. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Ravage Love.